this is a time where we get together with friends to talk about spirited issues or at least topics under a spirited light in an unscripted and unplugged way. We have a wonderful uh, opportunity to chat here today. We are calling this one, How Did I End Up in This Family? Um, and we thought that since all of us, or at least many of us, are stuck in our homes with our families, uh, causing what some have lovingly dubbed a pressure cooker um, <laughs> from a familiar perspective, we figure we might spend some time talking about family from a spiritual perspective, and how did we end up here in our families? And we have a very esteemed set of guests today. Some of us um, are here frequently, and one of us uh, is not. And we want to get uh, make sure that we have enough time to get to know everybody. So let's do a round. Um, here we go. Hey, Susanna, can you say hello to us? Hello, everybody. I am Susana Simões, and I'm happy to be here with all of you today. I am speaking to you from my home, stuck with my family in Miami. Thank you, Susana. And, and I'm Flavio. As you all know, I'm from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, here with my beautiful family. It's a little colder than Miami, I'm sure. <laughs> we're, having a, we're having a great time with the family here. Happy to be with you guys. Looking forward to another conversations. And you know me, I'm Dan. I'm all the way across the country in California. I am the ugly duckling here. Everybody's on Eastern time. I'm on Pacific time. Um, but enough about me. We also have a very special guest today. You probably know her already, but let's introduce her anyways. Andrea, can you say hi to us? Hey, you guys, this is Andrea. Some of you know me, some of you do not know me. I'm in Miami Beach, pretty close to Susanna. And actually, Distant from Flavio and Benio, but not spiritually distant because we are connected now, and I'm very grateful. Ooh, I like Ooh. it. That number was super one. nice, super nice. <laughs> yeah, Shoe yeah. one, number one. <laughs> and uh, and you know, we all um, we we the topic of today, as we talked about, is how did I end up in this family? And one of the jokes that obviously came to mind is how did Andrea end up in this family, yeah. this functional family of ours here, right? <laughs> but I think that she will be, um, you know, she'll, she'll have tough skin to, to kind of deal with us. But, um, but that's how the conversation starts. Family, we are all with our families. We are thinking about lots of things in this time of COVID. Uh, but family, are there things that we should um, think about when it comes to family? What's family for? Where do you guys want to or start? What is, or what is a family, first of all? <clears throat> what constitutes a family? It's a more important uh, question, right? Ah, yeah, that question. was interesting because um, just the way you open it, right? Said, how did Andrea end up here <laughs> in this family? So That's right. Talk, right, well... So we are talking about uh, something that in spiritism we call the spiritual family. So mm. that's a concept. <laughs> so the concept is that we have spiritual families, um, spirits who we have um, lived before in the past, who we have uh, built relationships, who we have affinity. And so these comprise our let's put it this way, our true spiritual family, right? So that's one idea of family. And then we have our families in the present moment, 
this group of people that come together, uh, biologically or not, um, but they are willing to to share their lives, to uh, grow together, and to stuck together to one another uh, for the necessary learnings that life um, offers in this uh, context. And I think that the question actually is a, a question that every teenager in the face of the earth has made sometime or another. I mean, I remember I had that same question a lot. You know, how did I end up in this family? I mean, maybe uh, God got the address incorrect. Maybe I shouldn't be here. You know, and we have some of the challenges that rise up and also some of the things that we see that when we are not mature enough yet to, to understand or, or perceive, we feel that we've been placed incorrectly in the wrong family. <laughs> and, and then again, thankfully for spiritism, we see exactly what Susanna mentioned, because we find along the way those that we consider to be in our spiritual family, those that we had already developed a very special kinship where we feel that we've been with each other for a very long time in a good way. That's great, people. But, but hold on a second. Hold on a second here. Right? Too much too fast. You, know, you guys are just like way too smart for me here. I think that uh, Flavio's point is a great one, right? So we all think of our families as our physical families. And I love that you guys took it all the way to, to college, right? But level down to uh, kindergarten here for me, right? So we have, the, we have our physical families, which is our natural concept of families. And even then, we also even have differences, right, of opinion on what our families is. Is it our immediate family? Is it just our fathers, mothers, brothers, and siblings? Exactly. Is it our extended family? Does it include our in-laws? Does it include our grandmas, right? So, so I love that you guys have already brought in the big guns and help us detach ourselves from the idea that family goes beyond the physical ties, right, of family ties, which... Which is it's kind of like invoking, I call it invoking the JC. It's like bringing uh, Jesus Christ straight into this. Uh, remember that part in Matthew when he says, like, who's my mother and who's my brother? Right? So yeah. um, when the mother and brother come to collect them because they're, they're a little worried that he's talking in public and, you know, rousing up a rebellion there. And he turns around and says, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Whoever is it with me is my brothers and my mother. So expanding this concept that you guys did um, to the spirit is brilliant. Right? Um, and that's a really big difference from what we are used to, right? Because I don't know about you, but I know that when I wake up, I don't wake up and look at my family and say, oh, you guys are all from a spiritual perspective united. How great, right? <laughs> Not exactly what goes through my mind. Is that where you're going, Flavio? Is that where your initial point was? Absolutely. You're not, you're not in lockstep there. So, my, my, again, the, the uh, idea of my first question was, you know, sometimes we look at our families and we ask ourselves, what the hell am I doing? Do I belong here, right? Other times we see the same family and say, oh, I'm so glad that I'm in this family, right? So when we look at this, am I right or am I wrong to think, you know, in this, dichot this dichotomy all the time? That's one, one part of what I was thinking too, right? Great. And before you go on, Flavio, I want to bring a comment from our friend Kirsten here asking if that was Spickles barking in the background. Yes, possibly, possibly. Let me just clarify. It's uh, Pickles is a dog and it's part of my family. So yes. uh -huh. something else to think about, right? Our animals in our family. So I apologize for that. His bark is very loud. Hey, Pickles is part of the family. 
But sorry, Flavio, I just wanted to make that point that our family always goes oh, also goes point. beyond the humans yeah, sometimes, right? Great point. And plus, I wanted to tie that or stitch that back to the uh, quote unquote, you know, old ways of seeing family as that you know, couple with two kids and a white picket fence, right? Is that yeah. the concept of family that we understand? So if you look at this, right, we all come from different backgrounds, different types of families. I'd love for us to spend some time and to really show folks that are, you know, listening or looking at or seeing us, right, or watching us live, right, that family can come in any type, in all types, in all sizes, in all colors, in all, all sorts of diversity, right, that we understand that that happens for a reason. So can we, can we make a stitch towards that direction, if that's okay? <laughs> yeah, we have to, right? Because when we begin to go back to well, when we begin to go back, when we go back to what our um, super smart people here um, were saying <laughs> from the beginning, from a spiritual perspective, we understand that physical ties are not as important as spiritual ties sometimes, because we all have people sometimes that we are very close to that might not be related by blood. I think we all have had this experience where we meet a friend or or somebody comes into our lives and we instantly hit this connection and have this connection that might be even stronger than many of our siblings, right? It's an interesting phenomena that takes place sometimes and that only you know, the law of affinity and reincarnation uh, may, uh, may explain a little bit. So it's a great point that you bring up, Flavio. So quiet. Everybody's right. quiet now. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're, we're all polite here today. Well, I would like, I, uh, Flavio, so I would like to uh, recommend uh, for whoever is listening to us and really interested in understanding the family uh, concept uh, in spiritism, the book Family Constellation by the Spirit Juana de Angelis through the mediumship of Divaldo Franco is, in my opinion, one of the most um, outstanding books that explores the concept of family uh, from many different angles. And at the very end uh, of the book, uh, I think it's the last chapter, she has a concept that she says, you know, the family is every group of, any group of people who comes together and um, to learn to love. And how do you... Um, evaluate if uh, a family constellation is being successful is to see, you know, when you look at the family constellation, how much, uh, how much love is present, right? So it doesn't have to do with the physical, cultural structure per se, but anytime a group of people come together and they are um, willing to, to learn to love one another, and to undergo this journey, because it is a journey, right? It is perhaps um, the most sacred, and I say this in all seriousness now, mm -hmm. because I think that uh, much of what we see in our society today in terms of, um, of um, disharmony and disorganization and issues come from the fact that um, we have not been given the families um, uh, its importance. Uh, we haven't, as a society, recognized the importance of this um, institution that we call family. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that we need to take a close look at it because it has a huge impact. Family formation, the value we give to families in how we are faring as a society. So I think that that's something that we need to, it would be nice to explore and talk a little bit about. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me to the phrase that comes from Mother Teresa that she says, fix the family and all the world problems will go away. Right? So that means if we fix our families, right? Or if everybody fixed their own families, we won't have any more world problems, right? So and the con- indeed the concept about fixing one family, I, I really, really love this topic because we have come to learn um, of family as a concept of a, of a self, right? Every, uh, every society has a bunch of cells that are made up of family homes. And it goes, you know, in accordance with what Susanna was talking about, the importance really um, of investing and in trying to understand the formation of it and how we can make it a healthy one mm-hmm. by understanding who we are, first and foremost, because we can only fix the family if we are fixing ourselves, if we are working on ourselves, if we are working through everything, the virtues, the, the, not the virtues, the, the frailties, the vices, mm-hmm. we utilize in the virtues that we have already acquired, especially us that have had contact with spiritism, with all of the material that comes to give us an idea that it is up to us to work towards the development of a healthy cell called family so that our society doesn't yeah. hurt. And it does start with us, you know, with the work, the inner work that we are all responsible for doing within ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that um, the way I like thinking about it, I like thinking about family as the laboratory of society, right? It's mm-hmm. the lab of relationships because everything that we learn in family is what we practice out in the world. And it's a lot safer for us to start off with a smaller group of people Um, and learn things and then to apply to a larger group of people. So absolutely, the relationships that we have within our smaller circle uh, will dictate our relationships with the larger social circles and all the different circles of families that we have. So getting family right, right, understanding that is really important, not only for ourselves and obviously for those in our family, but for society as a whole, for the world, like you guys are saying, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think uh, yeah, go ahead. Go, no, I, I was going to say, um, very, very often in the spiritual center, um, you know, regardless of what we are talking about, people um, say, you know, how are we going to fix the world, right? How are we going to fix these problems? Yep. And um, I think that the answer is very much um, about, you know, this, this topic. So Emmanuel, uh, he talks a lot about families and the spirit Emmanuel. And he, you know, he talks about like how schools, they instruct us, but the family is really the place where the soul is educated. And I like the idea to think that God is so incredibly wise. It's so difficult for us to relate that he put us in these very small groups and say, okay, here you are, three, four, five people. See if you can figure out among three, four, five people, because Mm -hmm. that's the beginning, right? So if you can sacrifice for your child, if you can sacrifice for your mm-hmm. parent, which feels to us sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Then that's the idea. That's what you need to take. You need to see every single human being exactly to that same level and practice with, within this small nuclei 
you know, exactly what you would like to see reflected out there in the world. Yeah. We, 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 we're struggling, right? Yes. We're struggling. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're I, having um, a difficult I, time. I wanted to mention here, I know Susanna mentioned the book, um, um, Family Constellation. But I also wanted to, to point out another book that is really great that talks about how, you know, the whole structure of family planning really comes about with a lot of investments and a lot of planning in the book Missionaries of the Light, where specifically they talk about um, the family that eventually will become a family of four. At the moment, it was a family of three. And we're talking about, you know, everybody knows the case of Sergius Mundo and Raquel and Adelini. And no, if you don't not know, everybody knows. I'm I know. Sorry. I know. If you not don't everybody know, knows. Don't know, um, right. Okay. Those that are connected right now that I can do know, but if you're listening after, sorry, you guys. Yeah. If you're listening after, get the book because they do. They do talk about the whole aspect, not about the reincarnatory plan per se, how it takes place, how the spirit dives into flesh. It's not about that that I'm talking about. I'm talking about how these beings, the souls, come together prior to reincarnating, developing a plan for Mm -hmm. success. It is never a plan for failure. It's for success to be able to work out their differences. And it is also a place of healing. You know, so I, I saw a question from Kirsten where she asked about how one can combat the loneliness that comes when we don't feel the affinity with our blood relatives. And there is a lot that we can, I mean, this this could be one con- spiritist conversation in itself to talk about that. But when I personally read about the whole planet that goes behind it, and of course, I did have, you know, trials and challenges in my family growing up who didn't. It, it, it opened up a whole view that, you know, God does place beside us others that we have a kinship with that will assist us during the hard days. And when we also realize that we are also not perfect and that we also have things that we need to work out and that there are also things that, you know, eventually they're also having to deal with. So, of course, you know, we have psychology to help us. Andre Moreira, by the way, is listening. You know, we have psychology to help out. And spiritism also opens up a whole veil of information for us to be able to facilitate understanding what is my role. It's not only how do I end up in this family, but what is my role, healing role that is in this family. Yeah. Yep, and let's unpack that a little bit, right? Because I think that we all agree that family is an important, really important piece, not only for ourselves and for society. And I think that we are saying that it's also a really great learning opportunity, right, in general. And that we sometimes fail to see that from our physical perspective. But when we look at our spiritual perspective, like you were saying, Andrea, and all the work that goes into it, we start to get a better sense of why we are in a family that we are, right? Mm -hmm. And that might be a wonderful exercise for us to play out, right? And think, not from our perspective and say, who's beside me? But imagine if we were on the other side, preparing to reincarnate, as we see sometimes in those books, like by Andre Louise, right? And we say, how would you choose the family that is going to live that one family, uh, that one lifetime with you? Right. How would you go about choosing that? Would you choose everybody that just loved you or would you choose people that could teach you things or that perhaps you had to straighten things out with? Because family is also a great time to do that. Right. From an engineering perspective, from a spiritual engineering perspective, if you also have not had a good track record with one particular individual or so over a couple of lifetimes, it might make sense to put both of them together to kind of say, hey, guys, you guys are going to spend some time together. You're going to have some extra love there. Figure this out, 
right? Figure this out because you can't keep going that way. So it's an interesting thing to think about it the other way and see how things uh, are set up the way they are. Absolutely. If you look at at not only from a learning perspective, right? There's also that opportunity for us to fix, right? Some of the past wrongdoings, sort of on our time and going through within our family. That's going to keep us real. That's going to throw us more risks. Not only is she a code, yeah, you're great, you know, we love you and all that, but I mean, dude, what are you doing, right? What do you think you are? I mean, with this behavior. So folks are going to keep us real, keep us really uh, uh, cemented in a way that we don't go way too far. That's going to be way more difficult for us to come back and continue towards our own, you know, journey of evolution. So I do believe that going back to Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel mentioned the purpose of our families, if I remember correctly, one is learning, one is autonomy, right? And the third and the most important one is moral and spiritual advancement. And I, I wanted to highlight that Patricia from our Facebook here says that it's through patience, tolerance, and kindness, this practice that's going to get us there. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I agree. I love- and- Sorry, Susanna. No, just, just quickly. Um, I think also that, um, you know, love is something that we learn. It is uh, unrealistic to expect that you reincarnate with the spirit with whom you have had animosity throughout perhaps many incarnations and expect from yourself that that animosity is going to turn into, you know, um, affinity from one lifetime. We, we, We still think in very material ways. And so I remember one time I had a, a, a person who was at the spiritual center, a young guy, he moved to Europe and he went to live with his aunt, found out that he didn't have a lot of affinity. And he said, what do I do? You know, and I said, well, uh, you know, perhaps you guys had a very difficult time before. So at this point, if you can live with her and no longer harm her, that would be a good beginning. If you can work on patience and on acceptance, Andre mentioned that, you know, accepting without expecting to be accepted, just to be able to respect. We don't need to love. We can, we can uh, love in, 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 you know, love has so many levels, right? So sometimes just respect, sometimes just um, trying not to be as hostile mm-hmm. as we can possibly be. This is also love. The, yeah. the effort, the intention to, you know, coexist. I love that. I love that, Susanna, because I think sometimes we have this presupposition in our minds that affinity either is or it's not. Right. And affinity is developed with experience. You have to spend time together, right? Yeah. You have to get to know others to be able to have that affinity with them. You cannot, it's really hard to have affinity uh, without having commonality, right? So right. you have to spend that time together. And so the even though we may not have that affinity with our blood relatives at the moment, spending time with them and using the all these techniques and tools that we're talking about, we will get to a point where we will develop some sort of affinity. And it doesn't mean that we're going to become best friends overnight, like you said, right? Right. So, I also think that if we, I mean, if we were to consider, consider our life, um, present and past and let's say future we look at it as if it's a puzzle if it's completely you know uh not yet put together it doesn't make a lot of sense but if we were to take a look at it from a finished perspective we would see that indeed we are at the very best place 
presently speaking for our spiritual growth. And since we mentioned Emmanuel so much, I'm going to mention here another book that is really great called Living Spring. It's from the Living Spring collection in which Emmanuel states that the relationships that we have, relatives that we are given, are basically work of love that God has given us to be able to accomplish in this lifetime. So while we are basically eliminating the rough edges of our own soul and in the work of acceptance that has been talked about here, it's really important to have that. We also understand that the type of relationships that we have been given in this lifetime is a work of art waiting to be finished. And basically we are going to be cooperating for that to happen. So um, of course, it's going to be hard. You know, not every relationship, not every family is going to be a garden of roses. Sometimes it's going to be a thorny bush that we are going to feel scraping and hurting and it's going to bleed a little bit, but it does heal. And we also realize in that thoughts that we also sometimes are thorns. We are not always made up of roses. So this um, concept and understanding of whom we also are facilitates to develop compassion also. Yeah, and so, let's, let's go back to that. But yeah, let, Let's keep it real, folks. All right. It's not easy. Everybody understands. Nope. All just not easy, right? Just look at some of the data points. Let's bring it to reality today. In the United States today, more than half of marriages end up in divorce within five years, right? Mm -hmm. So more than 60% of marriages ended up in divorce within 20 years. What are we doing wrong? I, uh, Is that maybe uh, maybe uh, uh, the type of culture that we have where instead of breaking it, we fix it, broke it, we replace it. So it's it, it's Change very the I mean, basically, this is pretty much a movement that we see. I mean, there was this thing that talked about a couple that had been married for 60 years, and they asked, what is the secret for a long-lasting marriage? Well, nobody said it's going to be perfect and happy at the whole time, but at our time, when things are broken, we fixed it. We didn't replace with a new one. And this is what we see happening often is giving up too easily. You know, why do we give up so easily when relationships are so valuable? You know, where is the concept? Where are we getting that from? And so the more we realize the importance, I think, of, of, of cell, of this family life of cell in a society, the harder we will work to make things um, come about. And it's inevitable. Sometimes there will be. I mean, what do you do with somebody who says, I can't, I can't stay married anymore. I have to get out of this relationship. Do you say, no, 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 no. It's a sin. You know, is there such a thing in spiritism, Daniel? Can we get divorced nowadays? Yes, we certainly can. Um, I was going to piggyback on that and say, you know, to go back to um, to Flavia too, I think that, you know, part of the challenge is part of the larger societal challenge, right? Because we, we made this connection early on, the family um, yields society. But so when we look at society, we can see some of the flaws of the family. When we look at the family, we can see some of the flaws that we see in society because they're so connected, right? And I think that this piece is about communication, how often do we fail to communicate effectively in our relationships and have meaningful conversations about how we're feeling? What is it that's well? What is not working out well? Um, so it's not surprising that sometimes we are surprised by the fact the other person wants to end the relationship and we don't even know because we are scratching at the surface of relationships. We're not having deep conversations about what's important to me or what's hurting me or what's bothering me. We have this superficiality, this varnish of, you know, 
which is not really deep, of superficiality in our relationships where we don't have conversations such as the one we're having right now, for instance. Right. This is a this is a great conversation because it allows us to really think about what's important to you, what's important to me. Um, you know, how how is it that you think about this? How is it that I think about this? And in our society today, to make that parallel again, I think we can see that we are suffering from this ability to to be able to be okay with people who think differently than us. Right. So all of a sudden, if we think differently, we we become become a little bit of a, a become enemies. Right. We assign people colors, right? You're blue, I'm red, uh, or you're red, I'm blue. I can't talk to you. I can't hang out, right? And all these kinds of things. And so it's no surprise that if we are using, if we are displaying this kind of mindset, it comes from somewhere and it comes in our family. So if you want to do something different, then we have to change those relationships one by one and have frank conversations such as the one we're having right now, which are not easy, right? Um, but do we sit down with our families, for instance, and talk about, yeah, we have seen the erosion of family, right? So do people even sit down with their families and talk? Life is so busy that we have all these excuses not to do it. Funny enough, well, not funny, but interestingly enough, we are now in a place in our history where we are being basically put on spiritual timeout a little bit and say, you guys are all going to quiet down, simmer down, simmer down, people. Yeah, I agree. Right? Simmer down, stay home. Simmer down and deal with your, with your, and deal with those people around you for a little bit. In this time, out, look, I, I want to comment because Patricia Eastwood made a very cool comment. She said it's very easy for us to generalize and forget uh, that each individual is so very unique and she's so right. I mean, I'm an, a, a universe of myself and my husband is a, a completely different person also. So she says some marriages break down to the abuse and addiction which is also a huge topic that must be considered. So when you look at it from this point of view also, I mean, seriously, sometimes we don't even know who we are. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what yes. we feel. We don't even know what we want to be able to communicate this with someone else. You know, and sometimes, you know, with what Patricia is saying, some people, even though they're married and they seem like they, they have someone beside them, they feel very lonely. They feel like they can't be themselves. There is no intimacy that has been created where both can look at each other, look at each other's eyes and say, this is what I feel. This is basically what I need. You know, what do you feel? What do you need? There isn't this conversation. And it seems like because we've been put on timeout, you know, God has, as an educator, has put all of us on timeout. We are inside the house. We are inside the home. With, we are with our kids, teenagers, if you have it, if you don't. Spouses that maybe that they haven't spoken with each other. They Teenager utilize of all ages, too. The, of all ages. I mean, they utilize the everyday hurtness of life, mm -hmm. doing a thousand things, but they're not at home spending time and talking to each other. So this is very, very important. I feel this whole thing of coronavirus has brought us to be home and be present, not only with our loved ones, but with ourselves so that we can learn about the things that is still lacking within, you know, that we could make it so much better, cleaning old wounds. You know, I heard Daniel talking about, is it too late if it comes to the end of someone's life to fix things? It's never too late. And that's the beauty of reincarnation. It's never too late. And once we realize it, what can we do to make it better with other relationships as well? And this is whole learning process, really. Yeah. And Sue, I thought you were going to jump in at one second in time. Are you, um, you want to jump in now? Yeah, I, had to, I have so many thoughts. Um, Welcome to the club. 
Yeah, yeah. Good, because I have zero talk. You guys do the smart talking, I'll do the listening. Andre Morir is here with us, and uh, he has, um, uh, he's, he's, in some of his lectures about family, um, he uses um, this um, metaphor that I really uh, have integrated into my own talks uh, when I talk about family. And so he says, and hopefully I'll be able to uh, be, um, you know, uh, faithful to what <laughs> his uh, points. But, you know, that God is so smart that he um, uh, allows us to fall in love with people in what he calls is a natural obsession process where we become pretty much fascinated with someone else and we fall in love with people. And um, it's a fascination because we stop thinking right. We, we are under a great illusion about uh, who that other person is, thinking that that other person is the, the absolutely. So you see things like three months into a dating relationship, you see the person posting on Facebook that he or she have found the person of uh, their lives that they have been waiting for in three months of relationship, right? So they are fascinated. There's no question about it. And so then eventually they get married and marriage becomes the greatest, greatest disobsession process because you actually <laughs> get to know the person who you have married. Mm -hmm. And this is outstanding because right there, when you start to see that person for who he or she truly is, is when the greatest opportunity for learning to love arises. Because at first you think, you think that you are in love, in love, but love is something that you learn. And like uh, uh, Patricia said, right? It mm. comes with the practice of uh, respect. I always like to share this because, um, you know, being gay and, you know, I, I, I married in, 2000, oops, oh, 2000. Oops, oops, trouble. It was so long ago, right? We together for 20 years, right? 20 years. Wow. And, and then when, you know, marriage became legalized uh, in the U.S., um, then I married again, right? And this was, whatever, 13 years later. And it was an incredible experience, completely different than the first time. Because at that time, I felt like when I said, I love you and I want to be with you, it had a completely, completely different meaning because I have already um, got to know that person and have seen her flaws and her limitations. And she has seen mine. And we had still decided to be together. You know what I mean? We have decided that although we are humans, the fact that she has her limitations allows me, gives me space to be human myself. And we don't need to be perfect. So embracing each other's humanity and respecting and value, valuing what the other person brings to the relationship is an incredible learning. And, and that is a powerful thing that family offers. And then um, in many families, not always, but in many families, then you have the kids, and that takes, you know, things to another level of, uh, of uh, yeah. learning. 
where it becomes much less about the couple and it becomes more about the four of you, the three, you know, how many, you know, the, the, and attending to the keys and, and they become a priority and you have to shift. So I, I just think that, you know, it is um, an incredible, incredible um, experience. It's not easy, definitely not easy. Um, I think that, you know, it was uh, brought up abusive relationships, um, spiritism has is very solid in terms of, you know, the first person that you need to love is yourself. And so, you know, uh, taking care of yourself, attending to your needs, and that's the most important thing. I mean, we should not, um, you know, um, be place ourselves in, in a position to be abused by anyone. And finally, just going back to Daniel uh, Santos, right? So I think that it is, um, you know, during the time when someone is dying, it is an incredible, incredible opportunity. And it's amazing that a lot of, a lot of healing can take place at this time, right? Mm -hmm. So I am dealing with this right now in my family. It's a very personal issue, a very painful one, but it's amazing. And I absolutely, um, uh, I am absolutely embracing this moment as a moment of healing. I'm so thankful yeah. Because I just, I just, it's just like, you know, it's, it's mind boggling. Why, why do we have to wait until the very end of life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. To, to actually seek to address those issues, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing because it forces you to look at things that, you know, for so long you have chosen not to look at and, but yes, Daniel, I think that so much healing can come yeah. at the end of the life. And I want to mm -hmm. yeah. jump in on the bandwagon there, too, and say that, you know, one of the, the, the clear things about the, uh, Daniel's question, um, which we haven't necessarily touched on, is the fact that we, we did, but we could, we could probably touch a little bit more, is the fact that if we don't fix problems this time around, we might just have to come back to deal with them again, right? It's as if we were watching just you know, one episode of a long series, right? Every lifetime is just a, a one episode and we might have to, we might need a couple of episodes to get the whole relationship right. So um, that's why it's important to heed the advice that Susanna's talking about and making the best of the moment now so we don't have to postpone this to the future episode that we will have to play out because relationships have to be straightened out. And I think that family is exactly that, is this journey that we have to do and it's the beginning of a journey of coming out of oneself, right? Of, of we are forced to stop worrying just about us and we have to deal with people who are next to us. There is a wonderful uh, um, question in the Spirits book, I think 775 or something like that, but basically asks, what would, what would happen if we didn't have families? And the answer is awesome because it... It's awesome because of what it doesn't tell us. It says we will go back to like the magnification of selfishness, Correct. right? So basically it's telling us that family is this little uh, training wheels that we have of sorts in our little bike that tells us how to deal with the idea that we have to learn that we're not the brightest spot in the universe. And we have to kind of slowly go that route and to learn how to deal with other people, just like you guys described, right? So if we think that our family stuff, imagine in a world where there is no families whatsoever. That's even worse, right? I, I, I must tell you then, because 
I mean, the, everything that everybody's talking about, you know, coming to uh, the realization that sometimes we could have done a lot more in a relationship than, than what we did. You know, I also had the same issue with my father at the end of his, um, at, at the end of his life, you know, physical life, that is, and how all of that was healing and everything else. But another thing that I, I, I must point out, and I hope I don't offend anyone, it's just basically from a very personal view. Um, I came about uh, <laughs> spiritism, having contact with spiritism when I was 14 years old. And everybody knows that teenage years are very troublesome and there's a lot of opportunities for falling into the wrong crowd and doing the wrong things. Um, and, you know, I, I was adopted. Uh, some of you already know that. Others do not know that. But I was adopted uh, twice, actually. The second time was when I was five. And it was by my present father that I just mentioned who discarnated in 2015. And I used to have a lot of anger in my heart. In, in considering myself to be a victim of circumstances, you know, that my biological parents didn't love me enough, that I was abandoned, that this and that, and, and coming up with so many things that really was not true. And spiritism comes and tells you that there is a subtle principle of laws that apply to every family situation. It is not by chance. Things don't just happen without rhyme or reason there is a reason behind everything and that was very liberating because it also empowers you to do something about that which you don't feel is correct in your family life mm -hmm. again none of this stuff is easy i mean you know i mm -hmm. struggled with it until the day my father discriminated and of course um you know everybody have their own issues with their own families but there is space for betterment and for work and the sooner we realize that family is offering us exactly that, this laboratory where we are working at different solutions, if you will, to come up with the perfect result, the better it will equip us with faith and strength to look at our family as truly a gift in our lives and not something that we are being punished for. It's not. The family that we have is a result of our own past. And the family that we envision for the future can be worked on right here and right now. That's a great I, point. I want to, um, to piggyback on that real quick. Um, we all understand. We've talked, you know, enough here about the uh, the purpose of our families, right? <coughs> which is to really learn. It's a school. It's also a place that we can correct our our previous wrongdoings, right? We can redraft some previous mistakes, right? We can also make an impact into human progress. Not only the progress of their loved ones, they're gonna, you know, uh, uh, bear fruits from our family, right? But also those around us, right? But the way the way I see spiritism, right? It's this toolbox that it's a practical guide for us to live our lives. And I wanted to go back to one of the questions that Fernanda here asked us on Facebook, right? Um, again, besides patience and tolerance, for somebody that's feeling that they're growing apart from their family, what should they do? And I think this is, I think Josar also mentioned that. You know, after this, you know, perhaps some couples will end up getting divorced because they're, we're not used to living so close to each other in this modern day and age. They're all rushing and all that. Right? Again, these turbulent times that we're living, what are the uh, spiritist advice or pieces of advice that we can share with our listeners and viewers that can potentially help them make this you know, family or, or journey a more effective one? I would go back I, to communication. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I would too. I was going to go right there, Dan. I was going to say 
um, you know, if someone is uh, moving away, if you have that feeling, I think the your best, absolutely best uh, approach is to sit down with that person and to say, not to, not to point fingers, not to accuse. This is something that I try to use a lot when I am uh, working on my own relationships. When you sit to talk to someone, you don't say you have done this or you have done that. You talk about your own experience. You talk about your own feelings. You say, listen, I feel it is my perception that we are drifting away from one another. I feel sad. I feel scared. I miss you. Or I, I, I deep inside myself, I would like for you to be different. What can we do together? You know, I'm not saying that this is the reality, but this, so you speak about your perception. You speak about your feelings. And I think that these with your children, with your, with your, um, um, Spouses. With a spouse, right? Because a lot of times, uh, this is something that I usually tell in the when I have fraternal conversations with people. I try to uh, share with them this experience, which I actually learned uh, from my partner from the very beginning of our relationship. She said to me, you know, one of the most detrimental things to relationships is pointing fingers. Yeah. And so take responsibility for your feelings and speak about your personal experience, mm -hmm. understanding that your personal experience is not necessarily the truth, is your perception of the reality. And listen to the other's perception of reality and try to see how can you come together to take it to the place where you would like for you to go. Yeah, and the, there's a couple oh, of tools that are not necessarily spiritist in nature, but are interesting for help us address. One of those is uh, um, compassionate communication by Marshall Rosenberg that um, gives us some skills to do exactly that, to have these difficult and difficult conversations with people. Because to be honest with you, if you think about it, we haven't learned that from school. And when family is hurting, we don't pick up those skills either. It's like a vicious cycle, right? So our ability to troubleshoot and fix conflict is not high these days. Um, and I think that has uh, a lot to do with why the world is the way it is, because we are we struggle of having these difficult conversations in ways that don't feel like they're aggressive, right? That they're really um, uh, heartfelt and they really speak to your feeling as opposed to pointing fingers to other people. But that's a, a, a beautiful perspective there. But I would always go back to communication, right? I think that what's beautiful. I also would like to point out that um, I think that one big mistake that we all do, and I think it was Flavio who said in the beginning, is that we, when we think about family, whether we're thinking about marriage or the whole thing, you know, marriage, kids, the dog or the cat, I have two in my backyard, Susanna's got pickle, is the whole idea of a fairy tale relationship that doesn't take work, that doesn't have uh, difficulties and challenges that come about. And I think that, you know, the, the sooner we realize that, you know, sometimes at the Spirit to Center, we do for maternal assistance and people will say i want to have the relationship that you have with your husband or with your wife hey it looks beautiful from the outside mm -hmm. but nobody is living inside the home to see the kind of work that each other is doing to try to make it work and yeah. alberto Meida and andre i think andre also said this one one of his questions on instagram is is it possible to make a 
fire, a flame, where a relationship is just a spark now. And both of them said that it's possible to make it flame again, to make it hot again, to make it come to life again. But it does take strength and effort from both sides. It's both not sides. just one. Every Both of them have a, res, uh, a responsibility, you know. And, and this also goes aligned with, you know, we're only talking about marriage here, but I would also talk like to talk about a little bit about how... Kids are also coming to the planet. And I, I, I don't have a master's or a PhD because I don't have children, you know, so it's easy to maintain a relationship different um, than others who do have kids added to the equation. But kids also learn from what the parents are doing. And a lot of times the idea of relationship that we have comes from what we were exposed to as a kid. And they're, the, they're not always the best. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have this idea that it is okay to be in a, an abusive relationship, that it is okay to be submissive and not have your own opinion or idea. So what we are exposing our kids to, whether we are parents, godparents, great parents, uncles, aunts, whatever the case may be, is also going to have an effect into the kids' minds about what family should be like. Yeah, and so, I, I want to... Let, let me see if I can bring this all together. Uh, Dan said that we're not trained, neither, you know, taught how to deal with our emotions. Totally agree, right? Uh, let's go back to our parents, or maybe the previous generation, right? Um, the way, and I love my parents, right? My mom is in the spiritual world already, you guys know this. Uh, I'm very blessed and fortunate to have, you know, great loving parents. But our parents were, if we were not taught to deal with our emotions, let alone our parents, the previous generation, right? And we all know that the example is not the a uh, 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 best way to teach kids it's the only one right so our parents they tried their best right to teach to, to teach us to to educate us right but now we have more knowledge more access to you know knowledge to wisdom and whatnot we're trying to so the world's evolving right we're moving towards a better place right things like you know new knowledge spiritism new authors are coming on board they're teaching us right how to be better human beings, how to really deal better with our emotions and all that. But one thing that I wanted to highlight is that we can never, should never forget that we're spiritual beings, right? And then nothing happens by accident. As Albert Einstein used to say, right? God doesn't throw dice. That's sure. That we are in the best sure. family. Sure, the sure. Best but, the best time that we can really achieve our goals. Sure, Flavio, I, I agree. And get better, right? So I agree. And I think it's right to say that our parents didn't have that training either, right? That they had a rougher time than we did. And I think it's oh, great yeah, to do that. But I think at one point in time, too, we have to stop looking at the cause of the problem and work at it. And I think it goes back to what we touched about before, which is self-reflection, right? Because mm -hmm. oftentimes our initial piece is my family doesn't understand me. I have siblings who are difficult. My parents are tough. Yes. Yes to all of these things. And what is our role and what is our value add to our family, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we are quick to say, my sister is a pain in the butt. My parents didn't love me enough, right? And all that stuff is true. But at the same time, we also have to turn that focus inside a little bit and say, what am I adding to this family here? Because family is stuff by nature. Very few families, we are told, even from the Spirits book, are here for a full, like, from a full, like, love bind tie thing, right? A lot of it is is is, is growing pains. Oh, yeah. So, yes, we can find the default, but what are we willing to put in on that thing to make it better, right? Because we have to spend time together to work our relationships, right? 
There's no other way. We cannot expect to have, uh, you know, to leave the house and come back and be home a one hour and, and, and expect that relationships are going to be beautiful if we're not feeding it, watering it. Watering right? it. If we're not making a deposit in the bank of relationships. If we're just making withdrawals, we're going to go overdraft. Right. In every relationship, really, every relationship, relationship. I mean, we're talking, but yes, of course, immediately at home, but also outside of our home. I mean, Susanna is a dear friend of mine. She's a sister, much like you guys also. Oh, and we're not. You know, (laughs) exactly. Well, you guys are. But what I'm saying is she's right here. Hold on. Let let me disconnect her really quick, people. Let me disconnect her really quick. Let's get somebody else in here. Go to meeting as a dismiss attendee. So Um, (laughs) what we're saying is, you know, because we also have our spiritual ties, it is also up to us to continue strengthening each other, to call each other, to say, you know, what do you need? What can I do for you? To just say, you know, I'm here. I am thinking about you, you know, because while we have the challenges, relationships at home, we also have those that we have had the blessing opportunity of reincarnating beside that we have already developed these loving ties and we are placed in each other's lives to support and strengthen each other on the road to you know, acquiring this kind of uh, healing that we are all looking for. As Emmanuel stated, it is futile to run away from any relationships that we have been placed under in the home place. It it doesn't work. We're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to revisit it again. So while we are having to liquidate some type of death from the past, we have our family ties to help us, assisting us through the course of our existence, to make things a lot easier. And I just wanted to point that out also because, you know, I appreciate you guys so much. While I also appreciate those that are listening that have been a true source of um, strength in my life to try to deal with difficult things in the past. So much thankful for that. Indeed, indeed. And we are reaching uh, the end of our hour here. And oh. we normally do. Um, ah, let's continue. <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, and let's ignore our families at home too and just keep going. Just anyway. till midnight. That's that's good. Yeah. Um but but I think it's a it's a, a great thing. I think the one thing that we did not touch upon, I think we kind of just ran over it a little bit, was the fact that a lot of people have this belief in blood ties, right? And f- their physical family comes first. And I think that we kind of indirectly touched on that and saying we should expand our thought and a concept of family to realize that family may start at home, but it doesn't end there. Right. And our challenge is to kind of continue to uh, expand that circle to realize that um, not only those who we have affinity with, like all of us here on this call, but also those that we don't know yet. We're also going to welcome them into our family in the future. Right. That's, I think, the universal family that we keep talking about, but we don't necessarily there just yet. Right. When we're running away and we're stocking toilet paper. Right. Uh, or we are stocking, um, um, you know, like what's it like gel, like handing hand sanitizers. Right. They have failed to understand the idea that everybody else may need that, too. Just got to toss that out there. Right. Um, so we need to kind of expand that concept to, to those who are who are not yet close to us, but the, who will be. Uh, and that's the one more last thing there. Right. So uh, let's make sure. And by the way, people, if you if you hoard all the hand sanitizer, Right. The people who without hand sanitizers are going to infect us. Right. It makes no sense. I'm just going to put that out there. Right. COVID times. But all jokes aside, this is the time when we want to um, have some time to do our, our, our quick wrap up and um, and just say, 
Uh, thank you to everybody who's listening, who's chiming in. We really so appreciate it. But we want to also um, just kind of do a takeaway here and see. So what do you take away? What is the one thing that you leave behind for us from this conversation about family? Flavio, can we go to you? Sure. I think, I think uh, we have to always remember, right, the spiritual ties, the family that we have affinity, that we love, whether right? we have that, you know, strong bond, our connection, right? That's our true family. Yes, we do have to honor, we do have to respect, to help, and to really serve our physical family because that's the best family that we have right now in, in, in our lifetime to achieve what we're trying to achieve. There's a difference between the two, right? Our goal is to every single person, right, across the world becomes a dear brother and sister in the future. That's our goal. We know we're not there yet, but that's the destination we all need to achieve and aspire to get to, right? So one more thing, one more time, I wanted to highlight that nothing happens by accident. We are at the best place with the best time, with the best people that can really help us get to our destination, right? Well done, well done, Flavio. Um, how about you, Susanna? What, what would you um, have us remember? Well, <clears throat> I was just thinking while Flavio was talking, um, you know, we are in a time of a major crisis, um, a moral crisis uh, um, in our world right now. And I have been, you know, following Instagram, a um, little bit of Facebook, and I see all these postings where, you know, um, Andre has uh, some of them, Miriam Druzzi uh, in Brazil from the Spirits Federation, um, you know, that we, we, are, we are being forced to go back into the cocoon, you know, and we'll, you know, as hopefully as the crisis um, is overcome, we will come out of it as beautiful butterflies. So my thing is, you know, I, I've been trying to focus on, you know, what can I learn from this moment, right? So I have been um, able to witness my children creating a zip line for my dog, uh, during this time. And, um, you know, when I post that, um, people might get a kick out of it, but they don't know that it took a tremendous amount of time to convince them to leave their iPads. It took some fights. It took some, you know, um, uh, it took some work, <laughs> energy, you know, and also it would be so much easier just to be reading a very, very good spiritist book while they are, you know, lost in their uh, uh, internet doing God knows what, right? So uh, it takes work. It takes work. Family takes work. Raising children takes a tremendous amount of work and, uh, and effort. But, you know, we are, we are bike riding um, because we still can. We are painting rocks in our yard and decorating the yard. We are being forced to come up with uh, creative projects. We are trying to do them together. And I am really uh, touched by it. Uh, you know, I, I, I speak and I feel uh, very moved. Uh, I feel the emotions because it's like, and, you know, it makes me think like, you know, what have you been doing, right? Mm -hmm. What have you been? I mean... How, how much more present can you be? You know, they are 10 and 11. In, in five more years, they will, be, they will be gone. How am I utilizing my time? You know, where is my energy going to? So, you know, I can go around the country speaking Portuguese and English about the value of family. 
but you know, I'm really reflecting on, you know, how am I practicing the very uh, philosophy that I have been preaching around. So that's that's the message, a personal message that I think that everybody in some way, shape or form is using this time to reflect, you know, how being inside this cocoon will truly make you into someone different once all this is over. Thank you, Sue. And, and Andrea, how about you? Tell us, uh, what are the takeaways? What are your parting thoughts? I um, would definitely second uh, Patricia's thought here that this is not a crisis, but rather an opportunity. Um, this is a very defining moment of our uh, history, and we've reincarnated at a time that is very important, a moment of transition, and I welcome you to read chapter 18 of uh, Genesis, Miracles and Predictions, according to Alan Kardec. Um, and I just wanted to, to remind everyone of that. This is an, actually an opportunity for growth. It's not just a crisis. You know, we talk about isolation at home. For us to take a moment and reflect about our role inside the house and outside as well. And since Danielle started with Jesus in the beginning of this conversation, I will also end my thought with that. When answering who is my neighbor, my neighbor is anyone immediately besides in need of assistance, in need of love, patience, tolerance, and understanding. And so I uh, thank you for letting me be part of this today. It was really, really wonderful. And I uh, thank everyone who participated with their comments as well. Wonderful. Last but not least, our dear Danny. I don't know that I have a lot more to offer. I was going to go back to exactly the same thing that um, Andrea was mentioning. Who is my brother? Who is my mother? And just echo that lesson that we have left um, too much for too long in the air that we heard our older brother Jesus say and ask ourselves, who are the members of our family? Going back to what um, Flavio started with, not in a questioning way and pointing fingers, but as a challenge for us to see if we can enlarge our concept of family and see others beyond our physical families, beyond our blood ties as also members of our families. And I want to thank um, all of you guys for, for being here as usual, for doing this. We're so happy that you are um, able to join us today, Andrea. We also want to recognize all our friends who have been chiming in here from all different parts of the um, of the world. We have our friend Jasara. We had our friend Stevan as well from Ireland early on. We wish we could give you a voice. But we want to re uh, remember that uh, we call this Spiritist Conversations not because it's the final word on anything, but because our desire is to start the conversation. It is up to each and all of us and any of us to take what we started here and um, go inside you know, your hearts and your lives and have the conversations with others. Talk, talk to your family, spend time together. This is a wonderful opportunity to do that. We are so happy that you have chosen to give us some of your time. Uh, we want to remind you that, yes, we're doing this live on Facebook, but uh, later on, you'll be able to find us on YouTube as well. So if you want to revisit that. And last but not least, we also want to remind folks that um, we put the audio piece of this. And if you're listening now, you might actually listen to that on podcast as well. And you can find that. Um, whatever you find your podcasts, um, Apple, Google, Spotify, or what have you. And if you think this was worth it, besides uh, tasking you with some homework of taking you back and spending some time with your loved ones and thinking about your family in general, 
and what your contribution to it is, uh, we um, humbly ask that you feel like it and you think this could be of use to others, share. Share, share that with others as well. Uh, and we hope to see you in the um, you know, upcoming weeks for uh, a new episode. And thank you very much. Thanks for being here, everyone. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.